Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Philemon, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me read you something before we get going. This is titled Change, an Amish boy. And his father were visiting a city, and they decided to visit a new mall. They were amazed by almost everything they saw, but especially two shiny walls that could move apart and back together again. The boy asked his father, what is it, father? The father said, I've never seen, the father having never seen an elevator responded, son, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I don't know what it is. While the boy and his father were watching wide-eyed, an old lady in a wheelchair rolled up to the moving walls and pressed a button. The walls opened and the lady rolled between them into a small room. The walls closed and the boy and his father watched small circles of light with numbers above the wall light up. And they continued to watch the circles light up in the reverse direction. The walls opened again. And a beautiful 24-year-old woman stepped out. And the father said to his son, Son, go get your mother. (laughs) Change. You turn in your Bibles to Philemon. If you were with us, uh, we started our series called The Road to Forgiveness. And last week we talked about The Road to Grace. Uh, This week we're talking about The Road to Transformation. We started the book of Philemon. I told you last week because we just, I simply just wanted to teach and rest and relax on the heels of Jew talking about false teachers and the apostasy and all the things that are going on in the church. And I opened up the book of Philemon and thought, you know, I just want to talk about something lovely. I want to talk about something grace. I want to talk about the love of God and the grace of God over the next several weeks. So we started the book of Philemon. And to my surprise, many had never even read the book of Philemon. Some people even thought it was pronounced Philemon. One guy even said to me, Pastor, isn't it Philemon? I said, no. I said, no, it's Philemon. Many people had never even read the book. People never even heard of the book. And even fewer people ever heard a sermon from the book. Philemon, got your pen, you got your pad? Philemon is one of the few letters that Paul wrote to individuals. First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he wrote to individuals. Paul's other letters he wrote to churches, Corinthians, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians is a region, a territory, and many churches were in that area of Galatia. But Philemon is a book that he wrote to an individual. Philemon is very interesting. It's very loving. It's a very personal letter. It doesn't deal with any doctrine or theology or false teaching. It doesn't deal with any problems in the church. 
It's just a beautiful, tactful, tender letter of forgiveness and transformation and reconciliation. You got a pen, I want you to write this down. Philemon is one chapter, 25 verses, and 445 powerful words. It's a short little letter that packs a powerful punch. Now, I told you we're going to be talking about the road of transformation or the road to transformation. And I'm going to give you a short little outline that we're going to work from today. Point number one, we're going to talk about a transformation of heart. You're going to find that in verses four through seven, a transformation of heart. And then secondly, we'll talk about a transformation in path, in path, in verses six through ten. And then finally today, we'll talk about a transformation of value in verses 11 through 16. A transformation of heart, a transformation in path, and a transformation of value. That's what we're going to talk about, the road to transformation. Saints, today we pick up in verse 4. We'll read through verse 16 and come back and have some comments. Philemon, did you find it in your Bibles, by the way? It's right before Hebrews, right after Titus. Did you find it on page 1100? We're picking up in verse 4. If you're looking at verse 4, I want you to say amen. Uh, Some of y'all ain't looking. I want you to say a better amen if you're looking at verse 4. There you go. I thank my God, Paul says, as he's writing to the beloved Philemon, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and your faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother Philemon. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you, Philemon, what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now... As a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is what, saints? Profitable to you. Is everybody looking at verse 11? Who was once unprofitable to you, but now is what, saints? Profitable to you and to me. And I'm sending him back. You therefore receive, and that is my own heart, whom I've wished to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion as it was, but voluntary. For perhaps, in verse 15, he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you then count me as a partner, I feel like I want to read the rest, so let's just do it. If you then count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes anything to you, put it on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own selves besides. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. As we pointed out, just by show of hands, were you with me last week? Just by show of hands. 
That's a good number of you. As last week we pointed out that this book is seldom read, rarely quoted, but it's an awesome letter. It's a personal letter to a personal friend about a personal problem. The year is A.D. 62, and Paul is in Rome in prison. The Roman prison that Paul was in was more like house arrest, not a dungeon or not like the prisons that we have, but more like house arrest. He was chained to a guard, and people could visit and bring Paul things and visit with him. So a slave by the name of Onesimus stole some money from his master. Here's the backdrop. A slave by the name of Onesimus stole some money from his master, Philemon, and somehow he came into contact with Paul while he was in prison. Now, we're not sure. Listen, as Onesimus is on the run, as Onesimus is on the run, he stole money from Philemon. Uh, We're not sure how it is that Onesimus ran into Paul. It's very possible that Onesimus was caught and arrested and then chained to the guards that Paul was chained to as well. We don't know. But we do know that when Onesimus came into contact with Paul, Paul led him to the Lord. And some years earlier, Paul also led Philemon to the Lord. And so they had relationship. So after Paul led Onesimus to the Lord, Paul encouraged him to go back to his master. And Paul sent a letter on behalf of Onesimus, the book of Philemon. This is a letter. And in the letter, Paul asked Philemon to have a change of heart. And to show some grace and forgiveness to Onesimus because now he's a brother in Christ. And if Philemon feels Onesimus owes him anything, then Paul said, put that on my account. Point number one in our outline, a transformation of heart. Saints, I want you to look at verse four. I thank my God making mention of you always in prayer. Now listen. You're a note taker. I want you to write this in your margin, in your margin right next to verse 4. Here in verse 4, Paul is buttering Philemon up. He's buttering him up before he makes the request. Paul says, Philemon, you're a great brother. You're a fellow laborer. You're just an all-around great guy, and by golly, people like you. And I'm always praying for you, Philemon. And in verse 5, hearing of your love and your faith that you have for the Lord and towards the people of God. Now, two things I want you to write down right here. I want to tell you two things. I want you to write them down. Number one, listen, when a person becomes a Christian, there is a true transformation of heart. Write that down, please. When a person becomes a Christian, Number one, there is a true transformation of heart. There is so much talk about being a Christian in our culture nowadays, and yet we see no change in people's lives. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We see no change whatsoever. Listen, if you truly are a believer, a true Christian, a true believer, you will see a transformation in heart. You'll see a change of mind. You'll see a change of action. You'll see a change in their walk. Number two, when a person becomes a Christian, they will have a love for God's people. 
when you can somebody say amen, when you become a Christian, you will have a love for God's people. It's going to be a change of heart. It's going to be a change of mind. It makes me think of Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. As Paul says, I beseech thee, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what, saints? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, that word conform, you might want to write this down. That word conformed is the Greek word schismatizo. Or maybe you don't want to write that down, but... But you do want to write this down. The word schismatizo, we have the word, write this down, schematic. Schematic. And it refers to an outward likeness. Paul says, stop going after, is anybody listening? Stop going after the schematic of the world. God wants you different than the world. God wants you transformed. God wants you more than saved. Hmm? God wants you more than saved. He wants you transformed. The word transformed is the Greek word met or the word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. It speaks of a change that happens on the inside that's seen on the outside. I'm going to tell you that again. Metamorphosis speaks of a change that happens on the inside that's seen on the outside. Like a caterpillar changes on the inside and it becomes a beautiful butterfly and watch this you never knew it was a caterpillar the change is so drastic and so it is true of your life God wants to change you is anybody listening God wants to change you in such a way it's so radical it's so dramatic it's so awesome that 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 your old man has never been seen nobody don't even they don't even remember because you've changed so so significantly so dramatically just like a butterfly when you see a butterfly you see you go oh look at that beautiful butterfly that butterfly is so beautiful this is beautiful butterfly nobody ever looks at a butterfly and says you know what butterfly you used to be a caterpillar Nobody does that. You look at a butterfly and you go, oh, that butterfly is so beautiful. Why? Because the change happened and it was so dramatic that it's just beauty now and you don't recognize that old person. You know, I've been a Christian for a long time, y'all. I've been a Christian actually for 28 years. And I've been in this thing for a while. And I'll tell you something. There are no shortcuts to being more like Christ. Can somebody say amen? There are no shortcuts to being like Christ. There's no shortcuts to being conformed into the image of Christ. There's no shortcuts in having a renewed mind. The only way that I have found out that maybe y'all are more spiritual and maybe you found out stuff I don't know. But I will tell you what I have found out is the only way to have a renewed mind is to put your face in this book and allow the words in this book to to conform your mind so you start thinking more like Christ. And you get that garbage out of your mind. Somebody once said garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, good stuff out. Good stuff in, 
good stuff out. Get that garbage out of your mind. Start thinking on the things of God. The Bible talks about the Christian, we need to meditate on the things of God. Is anybody listening? We need to meditate on the things of God. Think about the things of God. Put the word of God in your mind. and Put God's word and music and stuff that's going to change your, your heart and change your mind and get you thinking about. Don't listen to that music of the world. It's, music today is horrible. Some of these, the, this music, I'm, I mean, I'm shocked. Y'all know I go to the gym. And this is where I learn all my cultural stuff. So I know what's going on. Y'all don't think I know what's going on. I know what's going on. All right? I know who's playing what and what's being, because they got it all in the gym. And this music today is not good. Whatever happened to the good music in the 70s? Where are my 70s people at? The good music in the 70s. They had good music. When I was coming up, there was good music. We were singing about love and marriage and Horse and carriage and, you know, we were singing about stuff, just rolling in the park and hanging out with your girlfriend and stuff. Nowadays, this music is horrible. Kanye West, Lady Gaga. That y'all need Jesus. Somebody clap your hands if you agree. If you... She need Jesus. No, I'm just, she need Jesus. Something wrong with her. Anybody that puts on a meat dress. That's just nasty, okay? Come on. 50 Cent. What's that one girl's name? Uh, Mickey. Uh, Nick. See, y'all know. <laughs> Nicki Minaj? Oh, yeah, them a girl, them a girl. <laughs> mm, a real you coming out, huh? Let me tell you something. Y'all need to, don't listen to that mess. That's crazy. And it is messing up your mind. And putting bad things in your mind is going to start to be, start showing forth in your behavior. Young people, listen. Don't put that there. Some good Christian artists out there with good godly lyrics. There's every kind of Christian genre. My son is sitting right here. He knows almost everything. You know more about music than anybody I know. And there's good Christian artists out there. Am I right about it? And there's good, good rap stuff for Christian. Good rap. Somebody clap your hands like I know what I'm talking about. There's some good stuff out there, and parents, don't let them kids play that mess in your house. You ain't bringing that devil in here. Where my parents at? If you want to play that, you better roll on, do whatever, go and do whatever, go live with Kanye. I don't know. You ain't playing that mess in my house. No. No, it's not good. You need to transform your mind by thinking on the things of God. It was Jesus himself who prayed. He said, Lord, in John 17, Jesus said, Lord, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is, anybody know? Truth. The word of God is truth. So listen, don't just read devotionals. Devote. And don't just read books on prayer. Pray. I mean, think about it. You don't read books on eating, do you? You do what? Y'all help me. You do what? You eat. You don't read, well, I'm going to read a book on eating. No, you eat. And likewise, believer, 
If you want your mind renewed, then you have to renew your mind by getting into the word of God and reading the things of God. This is how it works out. Listen, you are either being conformed by the world or you're being transformed by the Holy Spirit. Do I need to say that again? I will. You are either being conformed by the world or transformed by the Holy Spirit. And that transformation happens as you consistently read the word of God every day, a few minutes every day. The Bible has so much to say about the mind and renewing the mind. You take your notes, write this down. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 26.3. I will keep you in perfect peace whose Anybody know? Mine is stayed on me. 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4.8, whenever things are pure and lovely and just and true, think on these things. When there's a transformation, there's a true transformation of the heart. Also, when Jesus, number two, comes into your life, you will have a love for God's people. Listen, a key indicator of a life that is transformed is that you love God's people. Some people think that a key indicator that you've been transformed is that you speak in tongues. Or a key indicator that you've been transformed is that you prophesy. A key indicator that you have truly been transformed and you truly are a believer, are you listening? And you truly love God is that you love his people. Because Jesus is the head of the church and we are the body. And you cannot say you love God and you don't love his people. Somebody once told me that one time. They said, I love God, but I don't love the church. You can't separate God from the church. You can't separate the head from the body. That's ugly. That's a monstrosity. And not only that, but John, the apostle of love, John said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 through 21, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is what, saints? A liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? It makes sense. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother. It was Jesus himself who said, they will know you are Christians by your love. When you become a Christian, God fills you with his love for people. And you love all people. If you're a Christian, you love all people. I want all the people to say amen. You love all people. You love black people. You love white people. You love rich people. You love poor people. You love all people. You love males. You love females. You love Republicans. You love Democrats or people too. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm, uh, God is love. And God loves all people. Let me tell you a little bit about the love of God. You know, this week, I told you last week and this week, I just wanted to just sit, bask, and talk about the love of God, talk about the grace of God. Let me tell you about the love of God. God loves because he chooses to love. Did you know? 
He loves because he chooses to love. God's love is eternal. That means it has no beginning and it has no ending. God's love is sovereign. It's under no obligation to anyone. God's love is uninfluenced. It's offers it by himself. It's offered by himself. God's love is infinite. There's no depth and height and length and breadth, and none can scale God's love. God's love is immutable. That means it's unchangeable. God's love is holy. It's holy is pure. His love is pure. God's love is gracious. Jesus died and thus showed the grace of God towards all men. There is no limit to God's love. There's no person, no sinner, That is beyond the love and the reach of God. Is anybody glad about that? There's no person. I want you to clap better than that. There's no person beyond the reach of God's love. God can reach the vilest, the vile, the worst of worst, the sinful of all sinners. Yes, he can. And God's love can and will transform you because his love touches your heart. And we see that in the life of Philemon as he loved God's people. Point number two, a transformation in path or route or plan. Onesimus is on the road to Rome, a thousand miles away from Colossae where Philemon lives and where he was a slave. And I'm sure Onesimus thought he was running away from Philemon. Actually, he was on the road that led right to the plan and the purpose of God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.